Hi, I'm Damon Fairless, host of Hunting Warhead from CBC Podcasts and the Norwegian newspaper VG. Hunting Warhead follows a global team of police and journalists as they attempt to dismantle a massive network of predators on the dark web. Winner of the grand prize for best investigative reporting at the New York festivals and recommended by The Guardian, Vulture, and The Globe and Mail, you can find Hunting Warhead on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Vaccines to prevent COVID-19 and its most serious complications have been on the minds of Canadians for more than two years. But the number of children up to date on their routine immunizations has been dropping. Meanwhile, vaccine-preventable diseases like polio have reappeared in the United States and they've shown up in the United Kingdom in wastewater. So this week we're asking, how much do I need to worry about routine immunizations? Hi, Sloan. Welcome to The Dose. Thanks for having me. You're a pediatrician. How much are you worried? Well, I am worried because I have seen... um anecdotally that children are under immunized, so not completing their vaccine series for routine immunizations. And some children are even uh, unimmunized, so they don't have any immunizations within their series for vaccine preventable diseases. And then again, also, as you mentioned in the media, we are seeing the reemergence of some vaccine preventable diseases that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, for example, polio virus um, in wastewater in London, New York City, and Jerusalem. Can I ask you to give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Hi, my name is Sloan Freeman, and I am a pediatrician at St. Michael's Hospital, Unity Health Toronto. I'm also an assistant professor at the University of Toronto. Let's have a little vaccine 101. When we talk about routine childhood immunizations, what vaccines are we talking about? Sure. So there's quite a few uh, immunizations that are routine in Canada and in various provinces. There are different schedules. But in Ontario, the schedule starts at the age of two months, where there are three vaccines that are started. And the typical series would be sort of two, four, six months. Um, then there's other immunizations that are given at a year, another one at 15 months, 18 months, and then a booster, um, any time between four and six years of age. And then there's a break. <laughs> and then children start with the school-based immunizations that that are given um, at school around grade seven in Ontario. So we're t- you and I are talking about polio, but which diseases, which childhood diseases are we talking about? So there's polio, there's diphtheria, tetanus, uh, pertussis, hemophilus, influenza B. Then there are immunizations against uh, pneumococcus. Uh, and then there's the MMR vaccine, uh, which is well known because it's measles, mumps, and rubella. We now also have immunizations to varicella, to hepatitis B, to meningococcal disease, and in grade seven in Ontario, hepatitis B is offered then as well, as well as another immunization against meningococcal disease and an immunization against uh, the human papillomavirus, HPV. Well, you know, uh, Sloan, I'm glad you're the pediatrician and not me. I'm the eMERGE <laughs> physician, and, and I have I, I no longer keep track of the exact schedule for, for all of those. So bravo for, for knowing them all. Of course, it's, it's the business that, that, that you're in. But do you have, do we have any sense of how significant the drop-off is in rates of immunization for any of these diseases, but particularly polio? That's a really good question. So we don't know across Canada yet uh, what the decrease has been. Um, There is a cross-sectional survey that goes out 
from the Public Health Agency of Canada every two years. So we are expecting one in the next year or so. The last one went out in about 2017. So we don't know yet. However, there are some studies in the literature that have come out recently from Canada, from Ontario and a few other provinces that have shown a decrease in uptake of these routine immunizations from pre-pandemic times to the pandemic time. So sort of the 2020 year shows a decrease, especially for children under the age of two and especially in the age group between 12 months and 18 months. So those immunizations um, have gone down and that's been pretty consistent in the literature. So different studies from different provinces are showing the same things. Are you seeing babies and school-age kids coming into your practice right now without full protection? For sure. So we do see babies that are behind on their immunization schedule. So most have started that I've seen, uh, but they're behind. So they're not up to date in their vaccine series. And it does take some time to catch them up. And it also requires them to come in and access health care. And that's been a lot more difficult during the pandemic. And then for the older kids, the school-age group, I would say since the pandemic, most, if not all of the students I see have not received their school-based immunization. So their grade seven immunizations, the vast majority have not since the pandemic. Wow. You know, it was my impression, especially early on in the pandemic, when there were concerns about virtual uh, primary care visits versus in-person visits, Mm -hmm. that there was going to be a strong push to make sure the kids get vaccinated. Are you saying that didn't happen? There were efforts made for sure uh, for kids to come in and get their well baby checks. And of course, associated with those well baby checks when children are being monitored for their growth and development um, are the routine immunizations that we're talking about. So it's it's important for children to access health care for those reasons and to get the immunizations. But I think because, you know, it was so difficult and it still is, although it's getting better. Uh, difficult to access healthcare during the pandemic, especially primary healthcare. So whether it's your family physician or your pediatrician who's doing your primary healthcare, it was a challenge. And so children really did fall behind in their immunization schedule and some didn't start. The other thing that I noticed um, was that newborns and especially uh, newborns to first time parents uh, did not have a primary care physician and had had and continued to have a very hard time finding a primary care doctor, so finding a family physician uh, that is available to take them on. And that's where these routine immunizations are given. So without a family doctor or primary health care provider, it's almost impossible for these families to start their immunization series for their newborns. Sloan, you're an inner city pediatrician. How much is this a health inequity issue? Well, I think to some extent, it it certainly is a health inequity issue. We know that, you know, one of the negative downstream impacts of the pandemic was difficulty accessing healthcare and continues to be, but this is especially true for families that face social inequities. So especially for families with language barriers, uh, newcomers, those facing, you know, economic hardships and difficulties, it is even more difficult for them to access healthcare, to get to their primary care provider and to find a primary care provider if they don't have one, especially if they have children it is so difficult. And and this has really just been highlighted and emphasized during the course of this pandemic. There have been so many questions that have been raised about the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. And I kind of mm-hmm. assumed or wondered or worried 
that there would be a spillover effect. That there, you know, there was certainly a, a, a significant degree of vaccine hesitancy when it came to the COVID nineteen vaccine. That that somehow might have a spillover effect on routine immunizations. Has that happened? That's a really good question. I've been thinking about that. I do not think that vaccine hesitancy, that decreased vaccine confidence in general during the pandemic has really spilled over and is a primary driver of the lower vaccine uptake for routine childhood immunizations. I really do believe that the major reason, the primary reason for this is access, access to healthcare, access to a primary care provider. It is possible, sort of in theory, that the very, very small group of sort of parents that don't vaccinate their children in general against routine immunization, uh, against vaccine preventable diseases with routine immunizations because of vaccine hesitancy or other reasons. It is possible that this group has gotten a bit bigger during the pandemic because of the spillover of concerns around the COVID-19 vaccine. But I really don't think that's the major reason here. It's more of a system gap. I feel it's a systems gap. I feel that it is really related to the fact that we are accessing healthcare in a different way since this pandemic started. And two and a half years in, we haven't put enough thought into fixing that. I think efforts have been made, but we're certainly not there. I mean, we're only just starting to scale up again on our volumes. We had to scale back during the pandemic. Many hospital-based practices, community-based practices had to scale back during the pandemic. Some care was provided virtually, of course. Um, they were sort of navigating the complexities of wearing, you know, personal protective equipment and and all sorts of reasons why we were not able to keep up with patient volumes, why there were longer wait times. I think these are the reasons. And also because I think it was difficult for parents to access also because they were concerned about getting sick, about becoming infected with COVID-19 mm-hmm. in a healthcare setting. And we know that because, you know, children and even adults I hear from my colleagues are presenting sort of later in their disease course, or they're presenting with new diagnoses sort of later. Um, there's more medical complexity, even more developmental complexity that we see as pediatricians because, you know, parents were really kind of holding off and taking their kids to the doctor and especially for like preventative care and even routine visits because they didn't think it was necessary because they were concerned. Between today's wellness fads and news about tomorrow's medical breakthroughs, it's hard to know what health information actually applies to you. Luckily, there's a podcast that breaks through the noise, TED Health from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts that break down the questions you didn't know you had. Will eating a plant-based diet make you healthier? How does your neighborhood impact your health? How will medical treatments change in the future? Learn all this and more on TED Health. Find TED Health wherever you get your podcasts. So for whatever reason, more kids, more infants and kids today Uh um, have not been fully immunized against polio, which is what we're talking about, and and some other uh, preventable childhood diseases. And and it leads me to what we really want to talk about is the, the, the implications. Part of the goal of vaccine campaigns is to develop something called herd immunity against certain preventable diseases. So let's, let's unpack that. What do we mean by herd immunity? Right. So herd immunity um, is achieved when a certain proportion of a population is vaccinated um, against a disease. So when they have a complete vaccine series, 
for example. And that percentage really does depend on the disease that we're talking about. But we always aim for over 80%. And we have achieved that uh, in Canada up till now. We don't know. We don't know exactly what we're going to see since the pandemic. But uh, the surveys that have been done across the country do indicate that we've always had um, pretty good uh, vaccine uptake in general. So it's about 90% before the pandemic, again, sorry, 90% uptake of the MMR vaccine, that's the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, and just over 75% uh, uptake for other vaccines, other routine childhood immunizations, like the one that includes the polio immunization. So it's, it's always been good, it could be better, but it's always been good enough. And now as a result of the pandemic and decreased uptake, I am concerned that we will see, we could see the reemergence of some of these vaccine preventable diseases because children are not up to date on their uh, routine immunization. Could see, or like how worried are you about that? How much has the drop off in childhood vaccines threatened herd immunity in your opinion? That's a good question. Like, I don't think we know exactly. So there are studies that have been published that do show a decrease in vaccine uptake for sure. They also show that there was some catch up later on in the pandemic. But we don't have longer term studies, which shows sort of where we are at now. And and we don't have enough studies that cover enough of the population to really understand this. But we can look to other countries, other cities that are similar to ours, so so big multicultural um, cities like Toronto, and, and they are seeing the reemergence of vaccine-preventable diseases, and especially uh, what we're seeing in the media is polio. I gather, you know, from my, my dim memories of immunology, that herd immunity when it comes to the diseases like polio, whooping cough, uh, mumps, measles, is a pretty solid concept. There have been a lot of questions that have been asked about herd immunity when it comes to COVID. So can you, can you kind of compare the two and, and, and keep the two of them straight? Because I, I gathered there it's, the concept isn't as solid when it comes to COVID as it is for these other diseases. You know, I'm not sure that we know exactly what herd immunity will look like with the COVID-19 vaccine. We aim for over 80% vaccine uptake. And we're not nearly there in the pediatric population. So we we have much better uptake in older individuals, but we are struggling with vaccine uptake in children. Um, So that's a real concern. I mean, we're not even close. In Ontario, for example, children age 5 to 11 um, are at about 40% uptake for two doses of the vaccine. And now we are finally able to get a a third dose, so a booster dose for the 5 to 11 age group. Uh, That's obviously very, very recent in Ontario. So we don't have those numbers yet. But only about 40% are up to date on the two dose series. And for the older kids, so 12 and up uh, youth, only about 20% have completed their recommended series. So that that includes the three doses, so the two plus the booster. So it's really low overall. So we're not even close to thinking about herd immunity in the pediatric population for COVID-19. But the other point I wanted to raise here that I think really needs to be underscored is that if you're immunized against polio and you're exposed to polio, you're not going to get polio, are you? Right. You're not going to get polio if you're up to date uh, on your polio vaccine series. So the, the children and the people who are at risk 
um, of getting polio if they're exposed are the children that are either under immunized, so have not completed their vaccine series, and certainly those that are unimmunized would be at very high risk. I mean, that, that's why we do it. That's why we are so concerned about keeping children up to date on their immunizations, because it's not just a theoretical problem. Like We're actually seeing this. So it's quite remarkable. And, you know, we need to do everything we can to to really work through this problem so that it doesn't get worse as the pandemic rolls on. We've talked a lot about polio. Are there other illnesses that you're worried about right now? Well, polio is a big one because it's been in the media and it's something that we haven't seen in a long time. So it's shocking. But there's also measles. So we do see measles outbreaks from time to time because some children are unimmunized or under immunized. So measles is a big one. And it's also very contagious. It's airborne uh, and it's highly contagious. So that's one where we want to see high, high community uptake uh, for the MMR vaccine or the MMRV vaccine that has uh, varicella added to it as well. Well, kids are going back to school as we speak. So given the drop in herd immunity, are they going back to an unsafe environment? I mean, that's a good question. I hope that most of the kids that are school age that are going back will be up to date or at least catching up on their routine immunizations. I worry more about sort of younger children that are not yet school age that Mm. were born into this pandemic that didn't start their vaccine series at the age of two months or didn't complete it or, you know, have are delayed or certainly not up to date. Um, It's a lot of healthcare visits uh, in the first 18 months of life. Like it's not, we never thought about it as difficult, but during the pandemic, it has not been easy necessarily to stay up to date. So I worry more about this, this younger age group that aren't yet school age. So, What needs to be done to get kids caught up on their vaccines as quick as possible? So for the younger age group, you know, I think a lot of it is messaging. Like, I'm not even sure that most parents realize if they miss a well baby check, that also means that they may have missed a routine immunization and that their child will now fall behind on their vaccine schedule. So I think a lot of it is messaging, educating parents um, just to let them know why these visits are so important and that their children will be receiving routine immunizations at these visits so that if they are missed or if they're difficult to attend, um, they know to come back. I also wish that we could add resources in that would help primary care doctors sort of be alerted to those children that have fallen behind. Uh, Something automated, something through, for example, electronic medical record, that would help signal, okay, these kids are behind on their immunizations and I wish there were additional resources then to kind of alert that and bring them in so we could catch them up. It's a bit different for the school-age children who are behind on their school-based immunizations. Uh, Those have always been given in school and it would be great if those kids could catch up in the school environment. So if public health resources could be directed to the school-based immunization program to catch up those kids in the school setting because they're back they're in person, you know, that's where we'll find them. And it's so much easier than having to navigate community health centers or other places that students can uh, catch up on those school-based immunizations. There are parents listening who might be worried about whether their children are protected enough. What would you tell them? I would tell them to check their immunization cards to determine if their children are up to date on their routine immunizations. And if not, to visit their primary health care provider to get up to date. I mean, that's that's all we need to do is just 
sort of catch children up in their immunization schedules. And I don't think we're so far behind at this point that, you know, there's any concern about going out in public, about going to schools in person or going about our lives. I just think that we need to focus our efforts on catching children up. It's just not something that we thought about before the pandemic. But now it's just one of the many sort of downstream negative impacts, indirect impacts of the pandemic that that we're seeing. Dr. Sloan Freeman, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you very much for having me. Dr. Sloan Freeman is a pediatrician at St. Michael's Hospital and assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Toronto. Here's your dose of smart advice. Since the start of the pandemic, some infants have missed out on routine immunizations against polio, measles, whooping cough, and other infectious diseases, in part because parents had trouble getting in-person visits with their family doctor or nurse practitioner. Vaccine hesitancy does not seem to be a major reason for lower rates of immunization. The problem of under-vaccination is less acute among kids who've started school because they got their routine immunizations prior to the pandemic. Kids and adults need those routine immunizations so they don't get diseases like polio. As a society, we need 90% or more of the population to be fully immunized so outbreaks don't get started. Parents should check with their primary care provider to make sure their kids' immunizations are up to date. So should adults for that matter. Some experts say authorities may need to support family doctors and nurse practitioners in their efforts to get all kids fully immunized. If you have thoughts about childhood vaccines or any other questions you'd like us to tackle on The Dose, email us. Our address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. The Dose was produced this week by Jason Vermesh. Technical support was by Gabby Hagarilis. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.